Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. The sharing guest we invited today is still the lovely Dr. Benjamin Smith, a famous editor of scientific journals. Let's welcome him with your warm applause. Why don't you say hello to our audience at the very beginning, Dr. Smith? Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your kind invitation. I am truly looking forward to being here every week. In the last episode, we focused on amniotic fluid mesenchymal stem cells, including the aspects of isolation and culture, characterization, and preclinical studies. In addition to such stem cells, another unique cell subpopulation exists in amniotic fluid, called amniotic fluid stem cells. How have amniotic fluid stem cells been discovered? As we all know, the octamer binding transcription factor 4, known as OCT4, is a nuclear transcription factor that plays a key role in maintaining the differentiation potential and self-renewal capacity of embryonic stem cells. OCT4 is known to be specifically expressed in embryonic stem cells, germ cells, embryonic carcinoma cells, and tumors of germ cell origin. However, researchers identified a cell population that represents a very small percentage of the amniotic fluid that expresses the pluripotency marker OCT4 at both the transcriptional and protein levels. Thereafter, it was clearly demonstrated that this cell population can generate clonal cell lines and differentiate into a lineage representative of all three embryonic germ layers. These cells are referred to as amniotic fluid stem cells and are characterized by the expression of the surface antigen C-kit, a type 3 tyrosine kinase receptor for stem cell factors. What are the priorities of isolating and culturing amniotic fluid stem cells? The proportion of amniotic fluid stem cells in the amniotic fluid varies with the course of gestation, roughly following a Gaussian curve. They start to appear at very early time points in gestation and peak at the point of mid-gestation. The source of human amniotic fluid stem cells can be either a small volume of second trimester amniotic fluid or confluent backup amniocentesis cultures. Unlike mice, amniotic fluid stem cells can be derived from amniotic fluid collected during the second week of gestation. The isolation of amniotic fluid stem cells is based on a two-step protocol of pre-selection of CKIT-positive cells from the amniotic fluid by immunization and subsequent expansion of these cells in culture. In feeder layer-free, serum-rich conditions, isolated amniotic fluid stem cells can be expanded in vitro with no spontaneous differentiation. Generally, cells are cultured in a basal medium containing fetal bovine serum and Chang supplement. What should we learn about the characterization of amniotic fluid stem cells? Researchers have karyotyped human amniotic fluid stem cells from male fetuses, revealing that they are of fetal origin. During ex vivo expansion, these cells exhibited good proliferative capacity. 
They have been observed to show a variety of morphologies, ranging from fibroblast-like to an oval round shapes. In addition, amniotic fluid stem cells are highly clonogenic, and clonal amniotic fluid stem cell lines expand rapidly in culture. More interestingly, such cell lines maintain a constant telomere length between early and late passages. Markers of a pluripotent undifferentiated state, such as OCT4, are expressed in almost all clonal amniotic fluid stem cell lines. However, they were shown not to form tumors when injected in server combined immune deficiency mice. Amniotic fluid stem cells have been examined for cell surface antigenicity by flow cytometry. According to the results, cultured human amniotic fluid stem cells were found to be positive for embryonic stem cells and mesenchymal markers, several adhesion molecules, and antigens of major histocompatibility complex 1. In contrast, they were negative for hematopoietic and endothelial markers and antigens of major histocompatibility complex 2. We all know that the stability of cell lines is an important prerequisite for basic and translational research. Well, the ability of amniotic fluid stem cells to maintain their baseline characteristics over passages should be evaluated by all parties, I guess. Could you please give us more details? Sure. This ability of amniotic fluid stem cells has indeed been evaluated based on several parameters. Despite the high proliferation rate of amniotic fluid stem cells and their clonal lines, they showed homogeneous diploid DNA content with no evidence of chromosomal rearrangements even after massive population doublings. Moreover, they remained constant in terms of morphology, doubling time, apoptosis rate, cell cycle distribution, and marker expression up to 25 passages. However, the cell volume tends to increase during in vitro expansion. And, significant fluctuations in cells of proteins involved in different networks can be observed using a gel-based proteomics approach. The importance of these modifications deserves further study as a matter of course. More importantly, when cultured in suspension to form embryoid bodies or grown under specific differentiation conditions, amniotic fluid stem cells and derived clonal cell lines can spontaneously differentiate into tissues representative of all three embryonic germ layers, as we have mentioned earlier. What is the assessment of the potential of amniotic fluid stem cells to form embryoid bodies? The embryoid bodies are regarded as three-dimensional aggregates of embryonic stem cells, which restate the first steps of early embryogenesis in the mammal. Amniotic fluid stem cells, as embryonic stem cells, were assessed to have the potential to form embryoid bodies with high efficiency when cultured in suspension and without anti-differentiation factors. More precisely, the embryoid body formation rate was about 28% for the amniotic fluid stem cell lines and about 67% for derived clonal cell lines. In terms of molecular mechanisms, the formation of embryoid bodies by amniotic fluid stem cells is regulated by the mammalian target of the rapamycin pathway, accompanied by a decrease in OCT4 and nodal expression and induction of endodermal, mesodermal, and ectodermal markers, just like embryonic stem cells. Can the differentiation propensity of amniotic fluid stem cells be affected? Of course. 
For example, under specific mesenchymal differentiation conditions, amniotic fluid stem cells express molecular markers of adipose, bone, muscle, and endothelial differentiated cells. They form intracellular lipid droplets, secrete glycosaminoglycans, and produce mineralized calcium in the presence of adipogenic, chondrogenic, and osteogenic mediums, respectively. Moreover, Factors that induce cell differentiation toward the hepatic lineage can prompt amniotic fluid stem cells to express hepatocyte-specific transcripts and acquire the liver-specific function of urea secretion. Besides, amniotic fluid stem cells can enter the neuroectodermal lineage. They express neuronal markers after induction and release glutamate after stimulation. Some studies are working to figure out the ability of amniotic fluid stem cells to produce mature functional neurons. What are the very compelling advantages of amniotic fluid stem cells? First, they can be easily manipulated in vitro. Specifically, compared to adult mesenchymal stem cells, they can be transduced more efficiently by viral vectors and maintain their antigenic profile and ability to differentiate into different lineages after infection. In addition, amniotic fluid stem cells retain their potency when labeled with superparamagnetic micrometer-sized iron oxide particles. This facilitates non-invasive follow-up by magnetic resonance imaging for at least four weeks after in vivo injection. Although amniotic fluid stem cells have been discovered very recently, several reports have studied their potential application in various circumstances. Perhaps we can discuss those findings one by one. What do you think? That's great. Autologous and heterologous bone grafting are the basic treatment options for critically sized segmental bone defects. However, they are limited by the low amount of tissue available for transplantation and high refracture rates, respectively. Promising alternatives to bone grafting include tissue engineering strategies that combine biodegradable scaffolds with osteogenic stem cells. The potential of amniotic fluid stem cells to synthesize mineralized extracellular matrix in porous scaffolds has been investigated. Under osteogenic conditions in static two-dimensional culture, amniotic fluid stem cells can differentiate into functional osteoblasts and form dense mineralized matrix layers. According to clonogenic mineralization assays, 85% of amniotic fluid stem cells and 50% of mesenchymal stem cells can form osteogenic colonies. Stimulated by osteogenic supplements, amniotic fluid stem cells implanted into a three-dimensional biodegradable scaffold remain highly viable in culture for several months and produce extensive mineralization. When injected subcutaneously into nude mice, pre-differentiated amniotic fluid stem cell scaffold constructs could form ectopic bone structures in vivo within four weeks. Overall, amniotic fluid stem cells have great potential to generate three-dimensional mineralized bioengineered constructs, and they may be an effective source of cells for the functional repair of large bone defects. Enhancing the regeneration potential of hyaline cartilage has been reported to be one of the major challenges in treating damaged cartilage. Do amniotic fluid stem cells contribute in this regard? They do. Amniotic fluid stem cells have been tested in vitro for their ability to differentiate into functional chondrocyte. 
In both pellet and alginate hydrogel cultures, human amniotic fluid stem cells treated with transforming growth factor beta-1 produced large amounts of cartilage matrix, known as glycosaminoglycan sulfate and type 2 collagen. What about the potential of amniotic fluid stem cells in the treatment of degenerative muscle diseases? For the treatment of muscle degenerative diseases, stem cell therapy requires only a small number of cells and expansion stimulation signals to achieve therapeutic effects. Therefore, the identification of stem cell populations that provide efficient muscle regeneration is critical. The ability of amniotic fluid stem cells to differentiate into myogenic lineage has recently begun to be explored. The main finding so far rests on the fact that, in the presence of specific induction media, amniotic fluid stem cells can express myogenic-associated markers both at a molecular and protein level. Are there any findings of amniotic fluid stem cells in cardiovascular disease treatment? Yes. It has been found that undifferentiated amniotic fluid stem cells do not produce any markers of myocardial differentiation, although they express cardiac transcription factors at the molecular level. Amniotic fluid stem cells express differentiated cardiomyocyte markers under in vitro cardiovascular inducing conditions. This suggests that an in vitro cardiomyocyte-like medium can induce spontaneous differentiation of amniotic fluid stem cells into cardiomyocyte-like cells. However, in vivo, the differentiation capacity of amniotic fluid stem cells was impaired by cell immune rejection, resulting in myocardial infarction of the xenotransplanted recipients. I have heard that the potential of amniotic fluid stem cells in promoting kidney development has been explored recently. Can you be more specific about that? Sure. In recent years, the possibility of stem cell-based therapies for glomerular and tubular repair has been intensively investigated. Under culture conditions containing specific cytokines, both amniotic fluid stem cells and clonal-derived cell lines have been shown to differentiate to the renal lineage. In addition, during in vitro organogenesis, amniotic fluid stem cells contribute to the development of primitive kidney structures. More notably, recent in vivo experiments have shown that amniotic fluid stem cells injected directly into damaged kidneys can successfully integrate into tubular structures, express mature renal markers, and restore renal function. In conclusion, these studies demonstrate that further research on the potential use of amniotic fluid stem cells for cell-based kidney therapies is warranted. What else should be noticed? Stem cell therapies also have great potential for lung repair and regeneration after injury. In different experimental models of lung damage and development, the ability of amniotic fluid stem cells to integrate into the lung and differentiate into pulmonary lineages has been studied. In vitro, it has been shown that human amniotic fluid stem cells injected into mouse embryonic lung explants express markers of early pulmonary differentiation. In vivo, systemically administered amniotic fluid stem cells showed the ability to homing to the lung in the absence of lung damage, while they exhibited both strong tissue engraftment and expressed specific alveolar and bronchiolar epithelial markers in the presence of lung injury. Well, so much for our content today.
I have learned a lot. Let's thank Dr. Smith for his wonderful scientific sharing. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting topics waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.